Thank you. Oh, thank you for having us. Um, it's very exciting to be here. Um, you may take your seat. I'm Desiree and I'm the opening act this morning. Um, <laughs> so um, Will will come and take the stage in a few minutes, but Barry just asked me to share um, a little bit of uh, just a testimony really from my own life, um, just so that you get to know both of us this morning. And um, just quickly, my name's Desiree, married to Will, um, three children. Um, I'm an ordained minister in our movement in New Zealand, and um, I'm also a chartered accountant, um, and I lead all of the finance for Equippers Churches throughout New Zealand. Um, so I have a number of people, really clever people, that work on my team, and they do all the work, and I just get to boss them round. Um, I am a firstborn. <laughs> Bossiness comes naturally. <laughs> And, um, and so that's what I get to do um, on a daily basis. So I'm a full-time mum and a full-time pastor and a full-time accountant, and I love to run. Um, but first and foremost, I'm actually a child of God, and, um, and I love Jesus. I love God. I love spending time in the presence. Um, I love the Word of God, and everything that I've ever learned has come from the Word and revelation that God has, has spoken to me. And I just wanted to encourage you a little bit in this new season that you're heading into. Um, you know, it's a new year, a new school year. Um, it's, you've got a new name, all of those kind of things. And I just want to encourage you on the way um, that in a new season, you really need to fight for the future that you see. That it's not going to be handed to you. <laughs> And so I'd love to stand here today and tell you this glossy message about how, like, in newness, it's just full of fun and adventure and grace and glory. And, and there are those things, but also that's where tenacity is built. That's where strength is added. And it's in the season of new that you actually have to fight for the future that you've seen. And um, Will and I, um, we have been in Dunedin, which is a... Uh, city in the bottom of the South Island. I don't know if you've ever seen a map of New Zealand, but we're right down the bottom. We have snow. We have all of those things, and um, we love where we live, but we've been there six years. Before that, we were pastoring a church in the North Island um, for six years also, so we've got this six-year cycle thing going on, um, but we're not moving. We've had a discussion with Pastor Bruce. We're staying, but, um, but you know, we've realized that as you go into something new, there's always territory that you're taking. There's always things that you're going to encounter and the real key for us in our journey has been to learn how to fight right in the season to understand the season of God and to appropriate the word of God and fight right and I'm going to share just a little piece of my testimony with you this morning and um, I wanted to introduce myself firstly so that you could like me because then I'm going to share (laughs) 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 Woo! And, you know, the conversations may be different after this point. But, um, but you know, this is my, my personal testimony of how pride snuck in and how I came under this intimidation in the spirit that almost took me out. And I still get a bit emotional. Um, and, you know, it's, it's always when there's new and you're stepping boldly into the thing that God has for you. And um, we walked into Dunedin, we went, we, we packed up our home, we moved cities in five weeks. We said, yep, we'll go, we'll take that church, we'll do that. And we packed up our house and our children and our cars and we drove um, to the other end of the country. And, um, and we were there and we knew we'd heard God. And we were stepping into all that he had for us. And I, I literally walked into this open heaven season where... Everywhere I went, I was banging into the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So I would go, I had three small children at this time, much smaller than they are now. So, you know, I needed to escape. 
And so I would go to a cafe to have quiet time with Jesus because there was no quiet time at my house. And, um, and so I'd go to the cafe and I'd meet with Jesus. And it's like he's waiting for me. And I'd sit down at the table and I was crying in his presence. And he was speaking to me about the city. And I'd walk along and I'd look over the harbour and I'd look over the city that, that he was entrusting us with. And I just had the prophetic word after word after word for what he saw, that he was taking his city back, that he was leading us into an Ezekiel 47 season where we would fish for people and they'd be caught, and that he was lighting the fire in the south and it would not be quenched. And just prophetic sound after prophetic sound that we'd be a catch and release church. And I started declaring this stuff from the front, and um, I didn't realize I was repeating prophetic words from years ago for the church, that that'd be a, a seed pod church. Church, that there'd be seeds that would come in and then we'd fling them out and the words God gave me were catch and release. We'd catch people, we'd equip them and we'd release them into all that God has. And so this was like amazing, right? Yeah. Newness, hearing God, full of faith and then overnight, overnight, confusion, I lost my voice, anxiety. I just started being robbed over and over and over again. Um, it got so bad that I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating, um, that I just no longer, I couldn't speak anymore. I kept saying to Will, I have no voice, I'm choking, I can't speak. And just overnight I was just thrown into this, this whole realm of confusion and I was saying things out of my mouth that I don't really believe and that are not part of my portion. I, I feel fully called by God, but that was not what was coming out of my mouth in that season. And I remember saying to Will, did we choose this? I don't remember saying yes, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm there and, and Will in his, in his solid rockness just, um, you know, he lets me just bang into him and, and, um, and he just said to me, hey, if you still feel like this in a year, we'll walk away. We'll go through this, we'll process this, we'll fight for this, but if you still feel like this in a year, then we'll walk away. So that was the reality of where I was living, you know, the pain and the torment and the confusion and... And one day in church, I was crying out to God. And you know when you're married to the pastor? And, and like you have to still turn up? And you have to still be like on the front row and smiling at people? So that's me, fake smile, front row. <laughs> kind of look like that. And, um, and anyway, Will was preaching and, um, and I was just spending time with God. And, and I just heard God whisper to me and I'm giving you the raw version, okay? still like me afterwards so I was I was praying I was talking with God I was you know I was being ministered to and and the Holy Spirit just whispered to me hey Desiree you think too highly of yourself you think that you got here you left me out of the picture you've forgotten that I'm all that you need that I am I empower you I strengthen you you think you've made some of this and I was like oh, I do and, um, and so in that moment, I, I went forward. There was no altar call. <laughs> it was just me and my husband on stage preaching, and I'm forward <laughs> and, um, and being ministered to. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit just dropped, and I, was instant, I repented, instantly felt the peace of God. And then he was able to speak to me about what I was encountering, you know, because it was actually an external pressure that was squeezing something internally in me. So I had walked into a new season, into a new day, and I was just naive to the spiritual pressure. And I hadn't dealt with these internal things. 
And so the external pressure, the spirit of intimidation that was trying to rob me of my future was squeezing me internally and almost causing me to run from all that God has for me. And in this season, God took me to two, um, two places in the scriptures. Luckily, I know how to press into the word, even when it's ugly, even when it's snotty, even when it's messy. I know how to get in the word. And, and he took me to Psalm 18, which is one of my favorites, where he just basically said to me, Desiree, I thunder from heaven at anything that would try to derail you. You know, I'm thundering. I will do that kind of work for you. And then he took me to the life of Elijah in 1 Kings 17 through to 20. And the whole story of Elijah calling down fire on Mount Carmel, but then being intimidated by Jezebel and him running at the intimidation. And God taught me from that passage of scripture that in a new season or in any kind of storm you might find yourself in, there is a time to call down fire. And there is a time to actually retreat to the presence of God and let him minister to you. Because as Elijah pulled back, so there was the overt on the mountain and there was the covert where he pulled back and he allowed himself to be nourished by God. And in that season, then he was strengthened and empowered and he could then go again into the next season that God has for him. You know, it was a pretty ugly six months of my life. Pretty, pretty raw, but I emerged on the other side of that stronger than when I went in. And my encouragement to you this morning is, as you're in a new season and a new day, is to press into God with everything that you've got. Whatever comes your way in this current season, whatever storm, you need to fight for the future you saw. So hold on to the future that you have seen and press into God. Let him nourish you. Let him speak to you. Let him minister to you. And you will emerge stronger on the other side. It's been a privilege to be with you this morning. I'd like to introduce Will, mighty man of God. Awesome. All right. I'm going to give you a a signal. I'm going to keep talking. If your hand goes up and stays up, I'll get Desiree back. All right. So the more hands that go up and stay up, I'll figure it out and I'll, I'll sit down and she can, she can jump back up and we'll have a good time. They're all good. Um, yes, thank you so much. Um, we, we, it's true, we've only really just got to know your pastors, Barry and Sarah, and the, and the amazing family that they have. What's up, Josh, down the back? You're not on Facebook, eh? I'm watching. I can see, mate. I can see. That's right. Yeah. Just like what I just posted, all right? It's fine. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, I'm Will. Uh, I'm the other half of the amazing Desiree. And um, we have just met your pastors. They are amazing people. Um, just the authority that you carry. Oh, my gosh. I'm just sitting here like, man, I don't want to talk this morning. I don't want to say anything. This is, this is an all, I'm, I'm on, like, I'm not on holiday. I am traveling. We are, we did come to a conference and we are supposed to be doing something because praise the Lord, church paid for the trip over here. <laughs> but I'm like, Lord, thank you. I'll just sit here. I mean, man, the, the, the anointing that you carry in praise and worship and the prophetic environment, never take that for granted. Yeah. I, I thank the Lord for your pastors because, um, you, you, you know, the, do, do you know that this is not the main thing? The preaching the word is not the main thing. The main thing is helping leading people into the presence of God. And through worship and through 
prophetic unction and through just connecting with what the Holy Spirit is doing in the moment, that is the main thing of why we get together. My favorite scripture is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, and it just says, let us think of ways to encourage one another. Let's spur one another on. Let us not neglect meeting together. That, that's me. Why? Because generally after you meet together, you eat together. One thing needs to the other. I'm up for that. Who's up for uh, I mean, if I know it's going to end up in eating, I'm there. I'm there. So if I have to meet with you first, that's good. I'm encouraged. It's going to lend to eating, so it's all good. It's all good. Anyway, um, yeah, so thank you so much for letting us be here with you. Uh, we've already booked them in when they come down to New Zealand, and we want them to come and bless our church. And uh, yeah, you, you guys are awesome. We'll see what happens this morning. Um, I am. I. I. I I'm, I'm sort of. Desiree's got this amazing testimony where, uh, of um, of just a breakthrough area in her life that that. But the what? But God pinpointed something. Everyone's got something, haven't they? Anyone not got something? I'll tell you, you've got something. As soon as you put up your hand, I know you've got something. Anyway. We all, why? It's because God uh, allows stuff to happen in our lives because uh, he, He's just creating a place where we need Him. Yeah. Uh, if, we, if we live life by ourselves that we don't need Him, then, then he, He's missing out. And, and he, he wants the relationship with us. And so there's going to be always something in our life that we need Jesus for. Yeah. There's going to be things that He's anointed you and called you into. Um, and you're going to do them well in, in, in your own strength. And even when you lay them down and, and, and give them to God, he'll use them even more. But there will be something in your life that you cannot overcome by yourself. Yeah. And that is the whole heart of God where he draw, he, like it says, draw to God and he'll draw near to you. But uh, again, he, he creates things that we can draw near to him. And I thank the Lord that there's hunger in this place this morning. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, with, and following on from what Desiree was talking about, um, my mine's sort of the other end of the spectrum. So what I mean by that is uh, the middle of the spectrum was like where, where the Lord was touching something about pride in her life and just, you know, and there's this confidence and um, there's, there's good confidence. When you've got godly confidence, it's a good thing. But when you've got your own confidence, that's a prideful thing. But then there's another end of the spectrum. It's called insecurity. Um, I'm, I was I was very 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 insecure, and I I think I'm getting there. I, I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent secure now. I think God's still doing a work in my life. But I mean, when when we lived in London, we lived in London for five years. My favorite job. I was like, I think is it Nathan? Nathan, do you lead the production team? Yeah. That was my job. It's easy, eh? You just sit at the back, throw a few amens out every now and then, make sure the PowerPoint comes up, um, make sure sound check works. Uh, but we were in different loca- in a location where we packed in and packed out. In fact, we were in two locations on a Sunday. So we packed in and packed down, and then we traveled, we packed in and packed down. That was my job. It was great. If a box didn't go where you wanted it to go, you pushed it or kicked it. Very different to people. Very different, and and so, but that was my job. I just got, we just got to set things up and put put things down, and I got to be in the background. And then Pastor Bruce came to us one day and he said, "I think you should go and lead a church." 
I'm like, what? What? What are you talking about? I'm like, we push boxes. I mean, I was like, oh, cool. Well, Desiree's coming because she can do it. She used to speak and she led an e-group and all those sort of things. I didn't lead an e-group. I didn't want to lead an e-group either. No, I just wanted to pack trucks with gear. It was great. But I didn't like doing it. And, and then, then the Lord said no. And we, long story short, we said yes. But I, I was always like, man, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? A long history of just rejection and different things in my life through family issues and all that sort of stuff. But got to, got to this point where, where, where the Lord will lead you to a place uh, uh, the great victory or great pain. <laughs> and for me, it was a great pain. <laughs> uh, but after the great pain did come a great victory. And I want to encourage you this morning, you know, if you're feeling either uh, any, any lack of uh, encouragement or just like, oh, I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing this year or where I'm going to be going, uh, maybe, maybe you're in, in, under intimidation right now, what Desiree was talking about. You know, at the end of the service, we would love to pray with you. Yeah. Um, I've got a few things that I want to share in a minute, but really what we can leave behind is prayer. What we can leave behind is to encourage you, to spur you on, to champion you on. And so um, I've got a few things I'm going to throw out in a minute and hopefully encourage you. And, and we're going to pray and then we're going to have lunch and, and we'll have a good time. And you're starting the year. I love the start of a year. Who likes starting the year? You're all liars. I just fooled you. I tricked you. I don't, start, I don't like the start of a year. I like staying on holiday. Anyway, so some of you may be more diligent than myself, and you're you're all ready to go, and you're ready to get into the year, and you've organised the children, ready to get back to school, and all that sort of stuff. But I do like staying on holiday. But I once I've changed my mindset, once I've prayed a little bit, got ready to go. I do like getting into getting stuck into things and getting ready. And so I, I love this time of year where you have rested. Hopefully, you have sought the Lord. He has answered you, Psalm 34, I think it is. And I really believe for you as a church, you are going to see phenomenal things happen this year. I really do believe it. Um, it's very similar to our church in Masterton. Uh, we were in a smaller town, not, not the first city in London, but we were in a smaller town. And, uh, and just uh, the heart of this church, that you're wanting to come into the community with the family fun and something other. Festival. I was going to say another F word, but um, I, sorry, I just did. Uh, anyway, uh, that, that, that was awesome because we did the same thing and, and, and mastered it. And it was great because we saw the, the whole community come out, not quite the whole, a lot of the community and just people getting to know who the church is, the real church, the church that is generous, the church that is loving, the church that is caring, the church that is joyful. Are we joyful this morning? All right, thank you, everyone. That was good. And so uh, we're really excited for, for the beginning of this year. And I really do believe prophetically you, you, you are a light on a hill. Don't, don't think that you're not. You are a light on the hill. God is going to use you in a phenomenal way. And so I want to just share quickly through um, the, the story of the feeding of the 5,000. You probably, this is your 5,001 sermon on the feeding of the 5,000. And so I know you've heard probably every illustration possible 
with the feeding of the 5,000. But maybe this is, I've prayed about this and, um, and I really believe this morning God wants to just, just trigger some thoughts. And maybe it's thoughts that you've already had. Maybe it's insights that you've already had through this illustration or, or the, uh, this, this um, historical event, this amazing miracle that the Lord did. And so why don't you grab your Bibles? It will come up on the screen. I'm, I'm actually reading from, from um, Mark and from um, John um, just because I liked the start of one and the finish of the other. But Father, I thank you. Right now, for your anointing in this room, I thank you for the Word of God. Lord, I pray that you would help me uh, uh, articulate um, what I believe your Holy Spirit wants to do. I pray, Lord, for every person in this room. I don't know where they are in life. I don't know their struggle. I don't know their victories. But I do know, Lord, that you have called them. And you have graced and anointed them. And so, Lord, as we go into this year, as we believe for even greater things, Lord, I pray there would just be a supernatural presence right now to encourage and to spur and to champion the amazing people in this great city. And so, Lord, help me to articulate that Holy Spirit move in everyone's life, I pray in Jesus' name. All right. Okay, so context. Um, Jesus, Jesus was having, well, it doesn't say he was having a bad day, but I reckon he was having a bad day because he just found out that his cousin had been killed. Did you know that? He just found out that John the Baptist had been beheaded. And so it starts off here in Mark. It says, The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest. We hear that often, that Jesus does want to do that. But in this context, I can understand why he wants to go off in a quiet place and rest. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Um, So they left the boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving and and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw a huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. So And we'll carry on from John chapter 6 verse 5, 13. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he said, where can we buy bread to feed all of these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we, would have, have, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Um, funny that Jesus didn't ask about where would we get enough money. He said, where would we get enough food? Anyway, sometimes we always ask the wrong questions, don't we? Uh, anyway. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? I can understand his response. Uh, Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slope. The men alone numbered 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. That's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. (laughs) 
After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather them the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces, filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Um, this is a this is a great story. This is an amazing story. It's the only story that is in all of the uh, five, uh, five, four Gospels. I can't really use jet lag. I've been in the country now a um, week. But it is, it's an amazing story because there's so much we can always learn from it. We learn something whenever you read your Bible. I, I pray if you've had your Bible for a long time, maybe it's time to get a new one. Why? Because you've highlighted scriptures, haven't you? And then every time you read that scripture, what do you under, will you get the same revelation every time you read it? I want to encourage you if, you, if, if you've had a Bible for a long time, keep it. It's precious. I understand that. But sometimes it's good to get a new Bible because when you read the Word of God again afresh, God will highlight other things to you. And I pray this morning, maybe God's going to highlight something. But the first thing that, that um, I like this is, is that you've got to look in. We've got to look in. Jesus says to his disciples, or he says to uh, uh, one of them specifically, where can we get enough? He was testing Philip. He said, um, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Jesus is always going to ask you a question. And in fact, in this whole scenario, there's, there's four types of people here. There's Jesus. So only Jesus can be Jesus. But what's he doing? He's teaching. All right, then there's the disciples. We can all be disciples. What are the disciples doing? They are learning. Yes. And there's the boy who like, the boy is awesome. Unfortunately, we don't know his name apart from the boy, which is all right. But he still got in the Bible. But here's the thing. So there was Jesus who was teaching. There was the disciples that were learning. And here I believe that the boy in this, in this circumstances, the boy was just available. The boy was available. And then there was the crowd. What were the crowd? The crowd are people that are searching. You know, in a couple of weeks, you're going to see a crowd. You are going to see a crowd. And what are they doing? They are searching. They're searching for anything these days. They're Googling this. They're, 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 that's all I know, Googling. I'm like, I was like, I was like, what else? What else? I'm out. I don't know. What else do you search for? I don't, anyway, maybe give me some sermon illustrations later on. Um, but the, the, the crowd, people are searching. Oh, what's the meaning of life? What's this? Or how can I do this? Whatever. You know, we've got a guy in our church. I said, hey, can you do this? The first thing he does is go on YouTube and learns how to do it. Wow. You, can, you can learn how to change the washer and a tap on YouTube. Yeah. Who's a plumber here? Yeah. I just ruined your business. <laughs> Sorry. But, but the crowd's searching. We're always searching for something. There's always something. And so there's four types of people. And in this, though, I really believe that Jesus is, 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 wants to teach us something. So let's quickly go back to, we've got to look in. We've got to look into ourselves. You know, well, that's very new age. You know, search for the hero inside yourself. I'm not going to sing it, but, uh, um, but, but we do have to look into ourselves because um, when... Because what, what, you've got to understand what you have. Like the boy, the boy just realized he had some loaves and some fishes. You know, I, I'm not saying that you have loaves and fishes, but you do have something. What do you have? You know, for, for me, we want you to go and lead a church. What? We want you to feed 5,000 people. What? 
Well, what? So you've got to look inside who you are. Uh, so coming into this year, well, what have you got? What, what have you got that, that, that you could give to the Lord? When Jesus asks you to do something, it is because he knows you are capable of doing it. Did you know that? Uh, in, in, in my story, I'm like, I'm, I'm shaking my knees. I'm like, you know, uh, good thing I had like almost a year's warning be- between when we left and when we went to be ordained in our first church. And so I'd written three sermons. and I knew we were sweet for three weeks. <laughs> but then the ratio of time versus weeks coming up, I was like, I'm out. I'm, but, but you've got to know that you've got something. You, you have something. Like the boy, he had something. Do you know that the parable of the talents is another, another, another um, story in the Bible that is preached on a whole lot of times? Has anyone not heard of it? It's wrong way to ask it. But is the parable of the talents, you know, so one's been given five, one's been given two, one's been given one. Master leaves, they are supposed to invest it, all that sort of stuff. I want you to read I want to read just a little bit of the scriptures to you of this story. It's only a couple and I I'm not sure if I gave it to the team. But it says this, again the kingdom of God can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them. And people have preached on that. I've heard messages, oh God's entrusting you, entrusting you, entrusting you, which is good. And money to them while he was gone. He gave 5 bags of silver to one two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on a long trip. We've heard this hundreds of times. Maybe if you're a first time in the church, you might not have heard it. It's a great story. Read it in your Bible. It's awesome. But we hear this, and we, we read it, and we think about how God's entrusting us with stuff. and all that. But there's one word that I want to highlight to you, which I think is a better word, and it's the word abilities. He, he, he divided it in proportion to their ability. In proportion to their ability. Uh, you have an ability. You know, not that this was ever going to happen, but um, I'm glad they didn't ask me to go and take over the Auckland church. Right? Because the Auckland church is about 2,000 people. Or take over Surrey church right now, which is around 1,000 people. I'm glad because I don't have I didn't have that ability. Uh, I had the ability to take over a church of sixty five people. That is good. That is I'm I am excited that that was the opportunity that God gave me. Uh, I didn't if I went into that church of eight hundred people, I, I would have I would have just died. But the thing that we can take a confidence in is that God gives according to the ability according to the ability that he's placed in you. Do you know that word ability, the Greek word? This is, this is like the, the depth of my teaching knowledge. This is like the third or fourth Greek word that I know. The, the Greek word is uh, dunamis. You heard that before? Yeah, we've heard that before. I'm like, hold on, that's a cool, that's one of the cool Greek words. And, and, he's, and it's in this, according to the ability that God's placed in you, according to the dunamis power that God's placed in you. So every single person has something in them. That's why um, we, we love that Ephesians verse, don't we? Ephesians 3.20. 
Yeah, God can do abreasonably more than we could ever ask or think. But a whole lot of people quote it wrong. Because it's, I'm actually going to read it out of the, out of the Passion Translation. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you. But how often do we, do we, do we doubt ourselves? And this is a little bit of my testimony. There's so much doubt that I had to break through. So much. Well, what a, I got nothing good to say. I, I went through high school, and I've found out now I'm dyslexic uh, to a certain level. But I went through high school. I got straight Fs <laughs> or straight E's. And now, now in, in our education system right now, E's are for excellence. E's were not for excellences. <laughs> It was, I, I remember doing, um, we call it, it'll be school C, but it'll be like your uh, GCSEs. Um, I got 27% two years in a row exactly for science. I thought that was a high, good accomplishment. I'm talking about keeping the averages right. <laughs> that I was consistent. At least I was consistent. And so I went through school. I came out of school. And the words in my head, you're, you're an idiot. That's, that's something even my father spoke into my life and everything like that. And now, now God's done a massive work in me and, and I can stand there, I can have some fun. But, you know, there's still, like, you just got to trust God. Yeah. But there's something in you. And so I've got to go real quick here, but you, you've got to look in. What do you have? You have something. If you don't believe there's something in your life that is worth it, I want to tell you this morning, you're wrong. God has placed the dunamis power of God inside your life. To achieve something that only He can do. Only He can do through you. I look back now, I'm like, man, we've led a church from 65 to over 300 people. And then we got asked to move to Dunedin. Now we took a church that was 125 people to over 400 people. We planted a second campus. I'm like, what? What is that? Just let me push boxes. Just let me push boxes. But here's the thing is, do you want to just keep pushing boxes? Or, or do you want to step out in faith? Or do you want to look in and acknowledge the call and the grace of God that is inside your life? So we've got to look in. The next thing, very simply, is uh, you've got to look up. You've got to accept. You've got to accept that God has called and gifted you. You've got to take what God has given you and then you've got to surrender it. And give it to God. See, the fish and the loaves were surrendered. It was given to God. You, 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 you'll do well. Because there's some pretty clever people out there. Real clever people. You'll do well in your own ability. But what would happen if you surrendered it? You looked in and you acknowledged who God has called you to be. But then you surrendered it to the Lord. Because a lot of the times, even as Christians, we can acknowledge what God's called us to be, and we can be pretty good. And Desiree shared even a little bit of her journey on that. But when we don't surrender it, and we don't continually keep surrendering our hearts to God, continually picking up our cross daily, then, then we, we will get distracted on our own success. But when you surrender it to God, man... He'll do amazing things through you. He will do amazing things through you. Then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks to God. You know, I think um, 
um, Terry and Linda, eh? Yeah. Because you surrendered, Jesus wants to give thanks to the Lord for you and your husband. Because you surrendered. You could have kept doing what you were doing, but you surrendered. There he is down the back. I can see you now. But you surrendered it. And, and Jesus took your surrender and he gave thanks to the Father. Because when you surrender something and then the Lord gives thanks to the Father for it, he multiplies it. He multiplies it. And even there's things that you're praying for. You think, oh, well, I'm not sure. If... No, it will. It will. It, it will. Why? Because there's a surrender. Um, when we surrender, when we look in, we accept. When we look up, we surrender. And just, just quickly here, we then look out. We look out. Can you next week or a couple of weeks away? Look out. Just look out at the little kid with the amateur face painting on their face. <laughs> we did that in Master, and we're like, we just got to do some face painting. Just get the youth group. I think we called, we turned it from face painting to child vandalism. <laughs> I was, I was like, but no, you look out. You look out and you see the smile on people's faces. You know, that, that joy has come from somewhere. Now, we're believing that they know the joy of the Lord. But you've created that. You create that because you choose to look out. We get to, we get to look out. You know, as, as, a, as a young pastor, still a young pastor, younger than your pastors, anyway. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, no, you know, if I just kept pushing boxes, I'd never have had that conversation with that guy that has messed up in his family and has got an issue with alcohol. And I'd be able to sit down with him and go, man, you can beat this. Through the love and the grace of Christ, you can beat this. You wouldn't get to see that whole family restored and them in church every day, every, every Sunday, and then them going on. You don't get to see those young people getting baptized. You don't get to, you, you know, when you, when you look in, when you look up, and you get to look out. Yeah. Don't, uh, you know, as a church, don't forget to look out. You've got to celebrate the successes of what God is doing through you. Yeah. They are amazing things. We get to look out and see people saved, baptized. You know, someone, I, I got to catch up with the person who's, who led me to Jesus. Um, 30 something odd years ago, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Man, I just, and it was just a joy where he gets to look out at what's going on now and that we're leading a church and seeing other things happen. Just we get, don't forget to look out. Look out at the joy, look out at the people that are, that are, that is happening now. And the other thing, as we, as we draw to a close, because we want to have time to pray. So we got to look in to what God has anointed and called us and the grace and the gifts that God's placed in us. And when we look up, we surrender. Don't forget to look out. 
and see what God is doing and God has been doing um, and the effect of what has happened in the surrounding on your life. Um, you know, because you gave, because you prayed, because you believed, because you served, because you turned up, you get to see these things. You get to be a partner with it. You get to believe. Um, so we look in, we look up, we look out. The, other, the next thing is to look down. Just look down. Look down around you. You get, you, you know, we get to see the leftovers. We get to see the 12 baskets of, of, of the miracle that happened. We get, to, we get to remember the leftovers. See, one of the great messages that Desiree does is she goes, she, she preaches from the next chapter. Uh, or, or the, uh, in, in, I think it's in Matthew. Where, where the disciples then get in a boat and cross over. And then this is when Jesus comes to walking on the water and all that. And it's straight after. But I, 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 in my thinking, because it's food, I wouldn't have left that behind. I would have taken that with me. Anyone else? Yeah. But we've got we've to remember to carry the basket. Of the miracles that God's already done in and through you. Why? Because they help they help push you. They help bring breakthrough. They help bring just that stability in our world. Like, man, man, this is the, like okay, Jesus, you can you can give us more bread and more food, but what the heck's going on here? I'm I'm gonna drown. But I've got my basket. Some, often as Christians, we forget about the basket of what's gone before, don't we? We, we forget about the miracles. We forget about even, you know, the, the miracle of, of buildings and provision over the city. I, I prophesy that over the city. We've heard stories of, of, of buildings and provision 30, 40 years ago. No, there's, there's, God wants to fill that basket of building and provision in this, this the first city in Britain. Um, God wants to do that. God, wants, God, God has got that. It's, it's an inheritance here. And so we carry the basket of, of miracles. We carry the basket of breakthrough. Nothing is ever wasted in Jesus. And so just this morning, there's, we're going into a new year. We're we're believing again. Maybe you're winding up. I don't know. Maybe you're you're in the blocks and and you're ready to go and you're ready to race. But I know there's people in this room who just need to look in and just understand God's called you. I had to look him a long way. Hey, it's there. It's there. But he's always wanting you to draw close to him. When you look in and you think, all right, well, let's give this a go. We surrender it. God takes hold of it and he says, thank you, Lord, I can use these people. Thank you, I can use that, I can use that. And then we don't forget to 